0: You're listening to PetLiferadio.com.
1: Got questions about your hound's health? Need the facts on Fido's fitness or food? You want to unleash your pup's potential? Well, you've come to the right place because it's time to win with dogs. Here, we learn how easy it is to naturally improve the lives of our furry friends. So sit, stay, and get ready to win with dogs with me, Raquel Wynn. Hey, listeners, it's Raquel again. Thanks for joining me for another exciting podcast on Pet Life Radio. Today, I am talking with Dr. Richard Avilay, and he is actually a holistic health practitioner for humans but as you know i think so much applies to both humans and animals and my own practice started with humans that i thought why not we need to get his information and his perspective out here so today we're going to be talking with dr richard abelay he is with the center for anti-aging medicine here in franklin tennessee he actually received his medical degree in the bronx new york And went into family medicine after that and then became very interested in holistic health and integrative medicine and served as the co-director and president of the board of trustees for the Center for Holistic Health and Education. So I'll be excited to get his take on health and longevity and just what we need to do to prevent that body breakdown. So don't go away. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Hey, don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back to win with dogs right after this quick water break.
2: It's time for school for you and your friends your furry best friends train your dog the fun and easy way with teachers pet sessions teachers pet host pia silvani teaches you step by step how to train your dog the fun and easy way you get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions complete transcripts of each session plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions, Volume 1, today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Silvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com.
0: Thinking about buying a monkey? How about a ferret or a skunk? Then check out the show that will answer the burning questions, where do you get them, what do you feed them, how do you take care of them, and most of all, what were you thinking? With exotic pet expert and author Bob Tart, every week on demand, from PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Thanks for hanging around. We're back to Win with Dogs with me, Raquel Wynn on Pet Life Radio. Welcome back. Thanks for hanging on. Doctor Doctor, are you in?
3: <laughs> I am. <laughs> Great Welcome to be here, Raquel.
1: <laughs> Good. Welcome to the show. Just to let everyone know, I actually met you at a Books a Million book signing of mine and you approached me wondering why, A, you hadn't seen anything like my book for dogs, and also, B, congratulating me for kind of initiating that mode of thinking in the animal world. But as you might know, um, a lot of the same information applies because we're just bodies. So I'm very excited to have you with us. First of all, let me ask you, holistic medicine, for those who don't know, can you give me a kind of a summary of the difference between allopathic or... Modern conventional medicine and holistic medicine, and maybe your perspective on why that's important for health.
3: Wow, that's a <laughs> if, and I'm talking, how much time we got. <laughs> I'm talking
1: three sentences. I'm kidding.
3: <laughs> I think um, that's really a very uh, complex question in this day and age with everything that's going on in medicine. But uh, very, you know, a simple way to look at it is basically to look. At, uh, what, what are the strengths of both sides? Um, allopathic medicine, in my opinion, and I don't know if you know this, but the term allopath was actually coined by the, uh, homeopaths. Mm-hmm. Uh, homeopathic medicine used to be the mainstay of medicine in this country up, up until about the 1920s or so. Uh, mm-hmm. and then the, uh, homeopathic colleges all fell apart after a Flexner report was, uh, put out by the Rockefellers stating that, the education in homeopathic medical schools was subpar to the conventional medical schools. And uh, so that pretty much started to uh, cause uh, enrollment to go down. And, you know, if you don't have enrollment, you don't have money. So
1: And then but penicillin, anyways, I think. Penicillin came along, right? Yeah,
3: and that came along too as well and kind of... Yeah. Uh,
1: it was like, you oh, know, God, the, prescription drugs. woo Exactly.
3: <laughs> the differences between allopathic and holistic medicine have to do with where their strengths are. Like I said, allopathic medicine has a strength in acute care medicine. If you're hurt or have a, a you know, an infectious illness or something like that, allopathic yeah. medicine can definitely be a strength to you. Where I think we're losing the battle is on the side of prevention and chronic illness and aging. And I think yeah. that's where holistic medicine comes in. Holistic medicine for me is not really alternative which i hear some people say and i always cringe when i hear that it's more for me integrative i think what we need to do to really provide the best health care for people is combine the best and the strengths of allopathic and other healing traditions that have been around for thousands of years longer than than do i
1: totally um, agree our system has
3: been, you know and yeah. so that's what we attempt to do in holistic medicine is to take a, a step back look at the bigger picture and look at, okay, for this individual's uh, case, their own individualized issue that they're facing, what's in our tool bag? You know, what,
1: what yeah, is exactly. out there? There's,
3: there's not one size fits all. There's not one modality fits all. Uh, let's take a step back and see what we can do uh, using the best from, from everything that's available.
1: Yeah, and I, I agree that, and we're also seeing, like you're saying, the weakness from human's perspective, the weakness that we're experiencing is not doing enough with prevention, preventative medicine, so that we're getting, like, I look at the body as a um, seesaw, like a balance. There's always body breakdown, but what can we be doing to stop that body breakdown and enhance healing because our body is naturally meant to heal? So I think that we can apply a lot of what you know to our dogs as well, and I think we're seeing a a huge number of dogs suffering from things like obesity and orthopedic issues, even depression, allergies of all kinds. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what are we doing? Well, we're offering them drugs. It's like the drug companies have gone, oh, my gosh, animals. Wait a minute, companion animals. We got to get the drugs out there. So let let me ask you a question just for our listeners to get a perspective on how they would be treated. Let's say someone came to you with allergies. And I know mm-hmm. this is extremely common with mm-hmm. our dogs. What would you say to them? I mean, what would you say to them? What would be your mode of trying to figure out what is going on? Would you, well, that's all I'm going to ask. And what would you say? Okay, doctor, i have yeah, itchy well, <laughs> all over. I'm itchy everywhere. <laughs> yeah, the first
3: and foremost, our approach, and it should be this way for, for our pets as well, needs to be individualized to the right. individual because, like I said, no two people are alike and no two therapies are going to have the same effect on an individual. So mm-hmm. the first thing that I always ask about is I ask about nutrition.
1: Yay! Because, uh, I knew you were going to say that. Because, <laughs> that because be- that's
3: really, the, in my opinion, the bedrock of where a lot of things start. Um, I've, I've heard it say that if you were to improve people's nutrition, you would take care of about 60 to 70% of most people's ailments. And I, I believe that. I've seen that in my own practice. I purposely, when people come to see me, I don't give them anything on that first visit. I let them sit for a month with my instructions regarding cleaning up their diet and then have them come back. And for those people that do it, almost mm-hmm. always they come back saying that they feel about, you know, 50 to 70% better than do. So did what do you have the them cut visit? out?
1: Like, Do you have them cut out sugar and, you know? Well, I
3: I have them live by um, three principles. I don't really like the list of cut this, cut that, because it can really scare people. I basically tell them, look, let me teach you correct principles, and then you can govern yourself. And for me, the three principles that people need to live by for nutrition is um, it has to first be pure, it has to be wholesome, and it has to be natural. And mm-hmm. if whatever you put into your mouth doesn't fit those three categories or those three principles, then you need to reevaluate what you're eating um, yeah. you know uh very simply when i when I say pure, I just mean unadulterated, unrefined, you know yeah. not not change much from the way nature intended it to be eaten, wholesome again, yeah. you know the whole- the whole food, you know, not just. Uh, a certain part of it that's been extracted out or refined in some way. And then natural, you know, anything with the word artificial in it, not part of your diet, you know, so anything out there that's artificial.
1: You know, the same thing applies to our pets. And I cannot tell you how many weird, strange looks I get when I go to my canine clients' homes and talk about holistic wellness for pets and -hmm. and Mm -hmm. say, okay, you maybe should consider cooking for your animal <laughs> and they look at me mm-hmm. like i am crazy and they say well this food that i got at the vet the vet said i should have this and mm-hmm. oftentimes you look on the ingredients of pet food or any packaged food well pet food in particular is just full of you know preservatives and sugars and byproducts and all kinds mm-hmm. of things that is not Good. So I, I often say nutrition is definitely the foundation of a healthy dog, too. Absolutely.
3: And I, and I agree with that 100%. I always buy my cat food for my kitty based on the idea would I eat. it. That's how I pick my cat food. I mean, if there's anything in that cat food that I myself go, there's no way I would ever eat that myself. Then why would I give it to my cat if they're considered part of my family, which they are?
1: Yeah, totally. Well, a lot of people, like the response I get is, well, I don't even treat my own body that good. And you're asking me. (laughs) Cook cook for you and your dog. What's the problem here? A little brown rice? For you, a little brown rice for them. A little spinach for you, some spinach for them. I mean, come on. Yeah. So, <laughs> so okay. Let me, let me talk a little. I want to get into another completely different topic, and that is the topic mm-hmm. of hormones. And I know mm-hmm. that this is of particular interest to you. And before I go into this with you and hear your perspective, um, I want to say that many female dogs – are experiencing issues of even incontinence and just strange behaviors and pain and personality changes as they're getting older. And I personally believe that it is because we are spaying all of, you know, many of our pets where you take out all of the female hormones. Now, I don't know what a good alternative to this is or if there is one, but what I want to know from you is, what kinds of things do you see? I mean, naturally, the body is breaking down, and we have diminished hormone levels as we age. Is there anything we can do about that, first of all? I mean, regardless as if we women have had um, issues with having ovaries, having to take out or whatever. I mean, just the mm-hmm. regular person with all their organs intact. We still are going to experience hormone diminishing, aren't we, as we age?
3: You know, that's you're right in a sense, and... And in another sense, not so right. I don't want to say wrong because you're not wrong. You I mean, it's like a misperception it? okay. we have in this country. Just uh, in the United States of America, I do believe that, uh-huh. yes, as we age, we have declining hormone levels. Okay. The interesting thing about this is if you look at other societies in the world, uh, a lot of them are indigenous populations. Uh-huh. We do not have the same level of uh, menopausal uh, hormonal decline, or even andropause in men, as we wow, see in the U.S. Exciting.
1: That's great. And I great. think the reason
3: for that is because, once again, going back to the original discussion, we're not eating correctly, and if you don't eat correctly, you can't support your endocrine system and the work that it has to do day in day out. Right. Uh, also, lifestyle. You know, we're we're very sedentary. We're not as active. We're not, you know, we're no, we're no longer hunter and gatherers. We're you know, TV watchers and potato chip eaters. You know, we don't, yes. we don't really move, we don't eat well. And, and then you add into that too that over the last 50 years, the amount of uh, industrial uh, chemicals and pollutants that are introduced into environment, a lot of these act as estrogens. They're called xenoestrogens and they act as estrogens in the body and that's going to throw your whole hormone system out of whack because if your body thinks there's a lot of estrogen floating around, your own hormone system's going to stop making it, you know.
1: Yeah, that's so exciting. So, you're saying then essentially if I could recap is that through proper nutrition and some exercise and limiting the amount of toxins you're around, you could mm-hmm. potentially stave off this breakdown of our endocrine system and diminishing hormones as we age. Yeah, I mean, you are you are going to have
3: a decline because we have to age, right? right. Eventually, no matter what you do, yeah, you know, we are programmed at, you know, at least by the age of 120 to die. So, yeah. <laughs> so like, eventually, you're going to have a decline. <laughs> yeah.
1: Which, but, you well, know, the, the age range for humans is 120, and they say the age range for dogs, organs, is like 25. So, and now, mm-hmm. of course, you know, different breed sizes vary with that. But, I mean, think of that. 25 years, what if we could get dogs on average up to 20? I mean, most dogs are mm-hmm. dying at 10, 12, they're considered old at 7. It's ridiculous. Yeah, Yeah. it's It's, it's
3: very important. I think for dogs, and you mentioned this earlier, um, I think for dogs the whole idea of anti-aging medicine, which is one of the areas I'm, I'm very interested in and do a lot of work in, is very important because we know they age faster than we do. Right. So if there's a way for us to be able to turn back uh... or slow down their biological clock not only will we reach those target years that we know they should be living to but also it may teach us a little bit something about human aging oh, absolutely
1: you know that's one of the things that i have learned so much from my work with animals and applying it to humans so let's take a quick break or we have to take a quick break to pause for sponsors and um, we're gonna get right back talking to you doctor about maybe some of the things we can do to slow down that aging and increase longevity in our pups. So hang tight, everyone. Don't go away. We'll be right back to Win with Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Hey, don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back to Win with Dogs right after this quick water break.
4: Give your dog some thought. With dog thoughts, it's the iPhone application that everyone's talking about. Hey, what do you think of this? A man in Davis, California says he's invented an application for the iPhone that claims it can read your dog's mind. Huh? No, it's true. I've read about it on my cat's Twitter page. That's why I read it. Jay Leno talked about it CBS reported on it and now you can see what all the buzz is about created just for dog lovers Dog Thoughts makes taking photos of your furry best friend more fun shake your dog and read his mind on your iPhone of course take a pic of your pup, shake your phone and watch as his thoughts appear on the screen. Does he have a bone to pick with you or is he having a tail wagging day? Get your Dog Thoughts iPhone app today. Just 99 cents. Go to Pet Life Radio Promotions.com. That's Pet Life Radio dot Greetings, human. What planet?
0: Pets can be a wonderful addition to your life because they're a member of the family. Keeping them healthy and happy is important. Pet Life Radio presents The Pet Doctor with veterinary media consultant and veterinarian Dr. Bernadine Cruz. Whether you have a dog, cat, reptile, or rabbit, you'll find answers for your pets straight from the vets. The Pet Doctor, on demand every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. radio.com
1: Thanks for hanging around. We're back to Win with Dogs with me, Raquel Win on Pet Life Radio. Thanks for hanging on. We are talking with Dr. Richard Abelay. And if you want to know more about him, his website will be on our website. You can also email me at Raquel at petliferadio.com. Or you can go on his website, which is Dr. Abelay4U, and that's D-R-A-B-A-L-L-A-Y, the number 4, Y-O-U.com, and check out some of his exciting pursuits in the field of holistic health. So before the break, doctor, we were talking about, you know, what kinds of things we can do to prevent this breakdown in our bodies. And one of the things I know for humans is a great antioxidant is essential. And I do feel that the same is true for dogs. So for anyone out there, could you... Give us a brief synopsis of what is an antioxidant and why it's important for a body.
3: It's interesting you mentioned that because I'm going to be giving a lecture here this month on that because it's such a hot topic right now. Um, Antioxidants basically uh, are entities in our body that neutralize something called free radicals. And free radicals are produced just as a byproduct of the fact that we breathe oxygen and we use oxygen to create energy in our body. So we, it, in a sense, the best way to think about free radical damage in the body or oxidative stress is what we call it, is mm-hmm. it's kind of like internal rusting. Yeah. Um, and the, our bodies have enzyme systems that neutralize these free radicals. Now, what we're learning just recently, and there's been articles that have come up just as recent as me and one came out just in June, showing that, yes, we need antioxidants, but there's a question in the field now about, how much is too much for antioxidants, because we know that to a certain point, they can be helpful, but to another point, they can actually become detrimental. And And
1: time out. Before you go Mm -hmm. further on that, I want to interject that one of the ways we measure, for those of you out there taking an antioxidant or giving it to your dog, we measure a potency of antioxidants by its ORAC rating, and that's Mm -hmm. ORAC, and that means oxygen radical, absorption capacity so typically the higher the ORAC rating the higher the antioxidant power and I know we're seeing a lot of nutraceuticals out there that are antioxidants that are on the level of you know like 8400 ORAC rating when like eating an orange would be something like what 500 maybe I don't I don't know the exact number but considerably less so so Mm -hmm. when you're talking about too much too much too much we're talking in the thousands I would assume
3: yeah there's something called the antioxidant myth and i think it's important for the listeners to know this both for their pets and for themselves you know we produced in the in the realm of about one times 10 to the 23rd free radicals per day that's a lot that's a big number that's like one followed by 23 zeros after it per day I wish that was in my bank
1: account.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I wish, right? (laughs) And, um, yeah, it's a lot of free radicals produced every day, but just like our body, our body knows how to handle that. And the way it does it is with these enzymes, because the enzymes can neutralize these free radicals at a ratio of one per million per second. So our body is really, really well designed to do this. But as you know, once we hit about 25 and start to age, the level of these enzymes decrease and what we're taught is, well, as they decrease, we need to take in more antioxidants from our diet and from supplements. The problem with that is these antioxidants, they neutralize free radicals at a level of one to one. So one molecule of antioxidant for one molecule of free radical. Which means that you basically have to graze on these on these antioxidants all day long to have yeah. a similar or even close to effect of what your body does just naturally.
1: Well, you can't um, so take my, a shot of something in the morning and expect it, it won't be necessarily bioavailable, I guess you're saying, as the day goes on. Well,
3: it'll, it'll just get eaten up just as quickly as you take it is what I'm trying yeah. to say. So I think what we, the focus in the science arena right now is figuring out ways of naturally increasing the enzymes. In other words, there's a dimmer switch that's going down as you age. What we want to do is we want to bring that dimmer switch back up. And there are some very, very promising things out there. Right in our own backyard here in Nashville at Vanderbilt University, there are studies taking place on one particular product called ProTandem, which is an herbal combination of uh, five herbs that um, have been found preliminarily. There's still a lot of research needs to take place to really feel 100% about this, but, they, but the preliminary studies show that they do increase your own body's uh, enzymatic production even in a 70, 80 year old bringing the level of oxidative stress down to a 20-year-old.
1: Wow, that's, that's very,
3: great. Very, very so, promising.
1: Yeah, so, okay, I didn't know that, that it was one-to-one in terms of the Pac-Man. But I call it the Pac-Mans, mm-hmm. chomping <laughs> <laughs> them So, one-to-one. Okay, so antioxidants are important, but be careful that you're not overdoing it necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about, like, a good, maybe multivitamin or vitamin supplement? you think that's essential for a body... As well, I I, be,
3: I I believe that people, if we were in an ideal situation where we could eat from food that's grown in good soil, nutritious soil, uh, you know, food that is not you know blasted with pesticides and chemicals and radiation and all this stuff, we wouldn't need the multivitamins. But I think for the majority of Americans, they probably do need a good multivitamin uh, supplement, um, especially the minerals. You know, we have a deficiency in this country in magnesium, zinc, selenium, iodine. Uh, Those are important minerals that we all need to be taking, and I think our pets are also suffering from that as well. Um, I would definitely recommend that. Um, I recommend all my patients be on one. I recommend all my patients be on a good probiotic for the gut.
1: I was just going to say that. I think that that's Mm -hmm. probably top three is probiotic, and I have to tell Mm -hmm. you, I give... My dog's probiotics in every meal. And speaking of feeding, feeding, and you're talking about the need to just kind of graze, I often talk with this with my human clients, the importance of, you know, I look at the metabolism almost like a fireplace, and if you throw a bunch of food or log on the fire, it will stifle it. So, you, it's ideal to just kind of stoke the fire all day long by, your saying like you're saying, grazing, giving your dogs good foods throughout the day. So this notion of feeding an animal once a day or even, honestly, for me, twice a day, I don't think that that's actually enough. I feed my animals three meals a day plus Mm -hmm. healthy snacks, and they are both lean, and they're eating all the time, you know, Mm -hmm. so in terms of weight loss... Do you think increasing your food frequency, you know, not the amount necessarily, but increasing the frequency has have you seen that to be helpful for weight loss in humans as well?
3: It's really it's really not so much about the frequency. I think again, it's what is what what are you eating in that frequency. What I do yeah. find with my patients is we find immediate weight loss occurring when we switch them to what I call an adrenal-friendly diet, which is the adrenals produce our stress hormones. Yeah. And a lot of people have those adrenals kind of wasted because we're just constantly under some sort of stress in our culture. But anyway, mm-hmm. and that diet is basically you don't skip any meals ever and you eat every two hours something. You don't sit down and eat a full, you know, breakfast or That's lunch what I dinner mean. type yeah. meal exactly. every two hours. But every two hours you are eating something and what you're eating is... Low in carbs, but very, very uh, full of protein and vitamins and, and, and healthy oils in them, you know, because that's what's going to give you satiety. That's what's going to make you feel, you know, fed and well, and it's going to help your health overall. I find that once we put people on that, most people will lose about 10 to 15 pounds within four weeks.
1: Yeah, I mean, same with the pets, too. I mean, you can give your animals blueberries raw almonds are even okay mm-hmm. you know carrots apples mm-hmm. spinach some just lean chicken or chicken sometimes is sometimes some dogs are allergic to it but you know feel it out each dog is different or ground turkey i mean there's so many snacks i even my dogs love to get um i give them I use the Greek yogurt because it has the least sugar in it, which Mm -hmm. you can find at any store and put some blueberries or raspberries in it. Oh my God, they love that. (laughs) I eat it and they eat it. There's nothing wrong with that. So I really could spend so long talking to you about this whole notion of how to increase longevity in our pets through kind of natural means, but we are running out of time. Is there anything else that I haven't covered in terms of how people can get in touch with you and where to find your information that I have not covered. No, I, I think
3: if they go to the website, most of my info is there, and they can feel free to call the office or email me at any time. My email's on the website, um, and also I just wanted to say, you know, I tell this to my uh, patients when it comes to their children, but I think it relates to their pets as well, and that is. If you want to do well for the people you love, including your pets, you got to do well for yourself first. So exactly. So practice what you do with your pets and uh, take care of yourself as well.
1: I totally agree. I totally agree. And you know, doctor, I'm so excited that you opened someplace close to my husband and I. <laughs> we, are <laughs> coming, we are coming in to get our blood work done. And now for those of you listening, this may be something you want to approach going to a holistic doctor and getting a blood panel. And when when we do that, are you checking, doctor, for, like, you know, the appropriate hormone levels? And how is what you're looking at different from, say, going to get your blood work at at the regular allopathic doctor's office?
3: I think for two things. One is what we're checking for is going to be different. The the traditional panel for an annual visit is going to be, you know, a CBC, which has your red-white counts, Mm
1: -hmm. platelets, and then looking at kidney-liver
3: function and that kind of stuff. And we do that, too. But in addition, we do markers for all of the thyroid hormones. We look at inflammatory markers in the body, uh, certain levels of your vitamins, like vitamin D, which is very important. And that's D as in dog. And, um, and then, uh, um, and then, of course, we look at the hormones as well. Yeah. But I don't always look at them in the blood because I find they're not that accurate in the blood. Uh, we tend to do saliva testing for that.
1: Oh, cool. Well, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to see just how healthy I am. <laughs> <So> we, will, <laughs> we will be in, we will be in, we will be in to see you shortly. And, I, again, thank you so much for your insight, and I hope you're... Recovering well, and thank you for taking the time to talk with us here on Pet Life Radio. I appreciate it, Doctor.
3: I appreciate I- it anytime,
1: Raquel. Okay, thanks. And again, listeners, if you want more information for yourself or for your animal on holistic health and preventative health care, please check out. Dr. Abelay's website, which will be on our website at petliferadio.com under the Win with Dogs, my show. And thank you, Mark, for making me sound great. And I just want to say, again, you get that knowledge, get it in your tool belt, and make the best decisions you can for yourself and your pet. Thank you for listening. Please go out and win with dogs. Exercise, nutrition, interaction, and love make for one healthy, happy hound. Give yourself the gift of knowledge. On Demand, every week, right here at Pet Life Radio with me, Raquel Wynn, and Wynn with Dogs.